Welcome back to Challenges of Faith Radio Program. My name is Gary McCann's producer and host. I'd like to acknowledge our listeners. Our guest today is our beloved brother, gospel singer, author, and songwriter, Sam Opiche, who released on Friday the most and much anticipated single, Oh Jesus. Brother Sam also shared that his global fans could download a selection of his previous songs via SoundCloud. The RCCG worship leader has been continually making his mark in the gospel music genre since the release of his album, We Enter In, a journey into worship. And having been nominated for UK Gospel Music Video Award for his song, I'll Wait, This year will be an unforgivable milestone in Brother Sam's musical journey. So let's join our beloved brother and walk along his sojourn leading to now. Brother Sam, welcome to Challenges of Faith radio program. Thank you very much, Gary. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's an honor having you on. First and foremost, (laughs) how are you and your family? Oh, my goodness. We're doing very good. We're, we're so grateful to, to God for life. We're grateful, you know, that his faithfulness is with us. And we just, we're just so grateful. So we're doing good. It's been a lovely Sunday. Yes. And so listeners, if you get a chance, apart from today, you know, go uh, check out uh, a lot of Brother Sam's uh, music, you know, Spotify and Amazon and everywhere. And at the same time, Listen to some of his his interviews on YouTube because uh, they're powerful and and his messages that he's sharing with the the congregation and and the listeners uh, in the UK and elsewhere around the globe as it relates to relationships. So first and foremost, we're going to continue on and ask our beloved brother Sam, what were your aspirations while growing up? Yes, um, thanks, Gary. Um, when I was growing up, actually, all I wanted to be, you won't believe it, all I wanted to be was a soldier. <laughs> I just wanted oh, wow. to be in the army. Uh, but, of course, mm-hmm. as you know, I've been, a, uh, you know, I've been, a, what is it now? I've been recruited into the Lord's army, so I'm still a soldier, That's but right. now I'm a soldier for Christ. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, God, is something else, isn't it? <laughs> He said, look, let me take this guy. He, he wants to be a soldier, and that's okay, but let me take him and make him a soldier for me. It's kind of like how the Lord did Paul. You know, Paul was out there all zealously doing it for the Israeli Sanhedrin, you know, their Supreme Court during his time, and he was walking along thinking he was going to do it one way, and then the Lord got a hold of him and made him a soldier for him. Brother Sam, you wrote a book. Don't get married until you are single. Why did you write it? Um, yeah, uh, so I had been uh, writing songs and singing and, you know, releasing records and touring. And God called my wife and I uh, into the marriage ministry. 
Uh, and when God called us into the ministry, we obviously started to do it with a different angle. So what we did was we would um, uh, produce a, a short video and post on social media. Um, and as we began to do this, we got inundated by uh, emails, phone calls, uh, people were, were, you know, just telling us about the problems they had in their marriages. And, you know, it was so much. It, at the time, it was just too much for us to handle even. Um, so I began to ask the question, um, why is this the case? And particularly, I observed that 75% uh, of these people were young adults who were just maybe about within the first to five years in their marriage. And I was asking the question, how is it that uh, people that recently, you know, only a short time ago, uh, professed love for one another, how come all of a sudden, within a short period of time, they're now hating one another, they want divorce, they want out of the marriage? So I was asking this question, I was making research, I was studying my Bible, you know, and asking the Holy Spirit, and it occurred to me that a lot of people are not prepared for marriage uh, before they go into it. And that's when I started to um, uh, discover the concept of singleness. And it, 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 it then occurred to me that the problem is that a lot of these people have not, you know, attained what I call singleness. What is singleness? Singleness my definition is that it is the progressive pursuit of completeness, the progressive pursuit of completeness through the cultivation of godly character to make you an asset to your world. So a lot of these people marry, but they are liabilities to themselves. They're not assets to themselves. And because they find all of this situation, they're not able to handle um, you know, the, the, the problems that they encounter. Hence, you know, they want divorce and all of that. So that's why I then titled the book, Don't Get Married <laughs> Until You Become Single. Because if you, if you haven't developed this godly character, you know, that you progressively work on by the help of the Holy Spirit, you're going to find out that you, you, you have a lot of problems that you can't handle when you get into marriage. So that's what uh, inspired me to write the book. Praise God to everything you just shared. In your book, you wrote that, uh, that your beloved parents were divorced when you were six years of age. What did you yeah, mean when right. you said something always told you that growing up would not have been so difficult if your parents had stayed together? And you also indicated that you didn't know your mom until turning 19 and found yeah. that there's, you know, found that your, that your dad's side of the story and your mom's side of the story. And then there's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Gary, the, the thing is that for me, um, I, 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 I'm the first child of my parents. Uh, and growing up in Africa, in Nigeria, there was a lot of, uh, expectation, um, you know, as a child, uh, and life was very difficult. It was very challenging, and you know, somehow because I saw uh, my friends, my neighbors, they always had 
their their mom and dad with them uh, and i always ask the question why why am i different uh and you know some of the abuses and the bullying that i suffered growing up i believe that if my mom was there you know because there were some things i wanted to ask her there's some things i wanted to talk to her about but she wasn't there uh, and i felt that you know if if she was there she would have maybe cushioned or helped helped me to better understand why people were treating me the way that they treated me um, and on the side of the truth, um, you see, so when I, when I grew up and I was asking, I uh, had the chance to ask my parents, why did you leave us? Why did you separate? Um, of course, my mom's version is different to my dad's. Uh, but I have since come to realize what the truth is. For me, the truth is that, um, you know, in marriage, we have to be selfless. You know, we have we have to... We have to pursue our marriage with intentionality and be selfless. Uh, so sometimes things may happen um, that I, I, may not be pleasant to me, but because I'm selfless, I believe in the marriage, I believe in my future, I believe in God, we can find a way to work out you know, the problems and move ahead you know, stronger in the marriage. And I think this is something that my parents, unfortunately, weren't willing to do. So for me, the truth is that um, as, a, as, as married couples, we have to be selfless. You know, what you're saying is, again, so, so true. And, and a lot of times, again, you're making a distinction between as one should, that individuals, be it of faith or not of faith, you know, you're going to go through some trials. But at the same time, it's going to make a difference on who's in the center of those trials as it relates to God. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the, the reality of life where, uh, it doesn't make a difference uh, where a person resides globally. It has a lot to do with, you know, whether the, there's a, 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 a mom, a dad, or, or someone that can teach you yeah. as a male or a female that can teach yeah. you how to be that male or female that you need to be, not only in your own life, but in the lives of others. So, therefore, when you meet that other person, on your sojourn, then you'll know how to interact with them. And it's a double blessing if, in fact, you do have God in your life and at the center so that you can be that man or woman, a woman, a man of God, that you ought to be in that relationship so that you can face and all those challenges that you're speaking of. And, Brother Sam, what did you learn years later when facing your own trial in your marriage relationship? Oh yeah, um, thanks for that, Gary. So, um, as as I as I've said uh, in my previous answer, what, one of, one of it is to be selfless, um, you know. Uh, uh, but the, the the other thing, in answer to directly to your question, I, I have learned that you know to maintain health, the health of my marriage, and to keep it robust. Uh, the, the, I think for me, the first thing has got to be there's a scripture that says that. Um, I, ch- I should lay up my treasures uh, or, or based on eternal things, not on earthly things. And uh, the book of um, Colossians says that, you know, I should keep my eyes focused on Jesus, the heavenly things, the things that are above. Um, so I, I, when, I'm, when, when I've been faced with difficulties, like we all do in our marriages, um, you know, I look up to Christ. I look up to Jesus. I look up to the Holy Spirit. 
and I, 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 I lean on the Holy Spirit because I know that it is the Holy Spirit that helped, that has helped me and continues to help me to become the husband, the man that I ought to be. Because in many ways, I, I don't even know myself. It is really the Holy Spirit that knows, that knows me and, and can bring out the, the life of Christ in me. Uh, so I have learned that the times when I have leaned on the Holy Spirit more, you know, I have been a better husband. I've been a better father. You know, and 20 years on in marriage, I have learned that, um, you know, this is where I need to be. This is what I need to keep my eyes on and trust him to help me um, become, grow and become the husband that I ought to be. Praise God. <clears throat> you know, because um, I'm sure as we continue on with the interview, um, I'm reminded where uh, a lot of times we as believers of the household of faith, irrespective of where we are, but a lot of times we tend to forget about the fact that we have a spiritual enemy called the devil who yeah. we we are faced with three of them apart from, as you just so indicated, the one being self, the flesh. And then yeah. you have the devil and then you have the world system. And I say that because in re- remembering how that uh, the devil took our adversary and uh, up to the higher mountains and so forth and tried to, to give him that he had possession of, which was all the world systems. And he told him, yeah. you know, yeah. that all he had to do was bow down and worship him. And he'd give him everything. And I say that leading continually towards yourself, you know, uh, the sojourn that God has placed you in as a soldier for him. And as you so uh, shared as relates to uh, the reason for writing your book and the fact that uh, as relates to your marriage relationship, that if it's not for the Holy Spirit of God and our Savior and you keep your eyes on him and, you know, so that you could be that man of God that you need to be, not only for yourself, but for your wife and your family and for those that you're going to come in contact with and have come in contact with so that God would receive the glory, then you never know where one would be. And that's why it's important for the listeners, irrespective of where you are, to really listen to our beloved brother as he is sharing his sojourn. And as we continue, Brother Sam, how can listeners purchase your book? Oh, thank you for that, Gary. Um, my book is available on Amazon. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's available on Amazon. Uh, and, yeah, you can get copies from, from, from Amazon. Um, just type in Samuel Peche or don't get married until you're single. Um, on, on Amazon, you find it there. Yeah. All right. Brother Sam, what extraordinary encounter occurred with you while on your way to sing at a nightclub? Mm, um, so this was um, this was a, a turning point in my life, actually. Um, so growing up again in Africa, in Nigeria, uh, when I when I turned, I think when I turned eighteen, I was when I discovered my voice that I could sing, and you know I just discovered that every time I sang, people applauded and appreciated. And I began to take it to the next level. So I found myself singing in, in, at parties um, and then at clubs. Uh, but my, my dad was not appreciative of this lifestyle 
because I was re- I was moving with you know um, the not so good guys, the, the the gangs in the neighborhood. You know, I was trying to belong and all of that. I was smoking weed. I was you know I was just living reckless as you like as uh, if you if you like, and my dad did not approve of it. But for me, you know, it was it was a boost to my ego because remember I said to you, uh, I was bullied a lot when I was much younger. So this was me now doing something that everyone was appreciating. And I felt like, yes, this is a path I need to walk in. Um, but I was always at war with my dad because he never, he never wanted me to be that. Now, on this day, uh, it was the, the 31st of December, 1993. Uh, it was going to be the biggest gig of my life uh, uh, coming into the new year. Um, and everyone in town was talking about it. I was so ready to go. Um, and at, uh, the gig was to start around 11 p.m. at night. And as I, 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 I got ready, got in my gear, got ready to leave home, you know, my dad stood and said I wasn't going. Uh, uh, unfortunately, something I'm not proud of, but we got into a, a tussle, a fight, uh, and I managed to push him out of the way and got myself out of the house because I, w- I was bent on getting to this gig. Uh, so about, about 500 um, you know, meters or, or yards, I, I can't, I'm not accurate with the measurement from, from my house. Something just came over me. I can't explain it. I just know that it was the hand of God. Uh, and I slumped to the floor um, and I was weeping. I was just wailing. Um, I know this because people that walked by, that saw me on the floor, told me later that what was happening to you last night. Um, so I was crying. I was just wailing. And Brother Gary, you won't believe this. I, I was hearing a voice saying to me, Sam, if you continued on this journey, you're going to end you're going to end in hell, you know? And the voice said to me, get up and turn back. I want you to serve me. So when I got up from, from, from that position, uh, I went back to the house um, and I picked up a Bible. My dad was surprised. He was saying, what was wrong? Because, you know, I was drenched in my sweat. And I picked up a Bible. I spoke to nobody. I didn't speak to him. I didn't speak to anybody. And I just ran into a church. Uh, When I entered the church, it was just past midnight, the 1st of January, 1994. And I said, Jesus, here I am. I I give my life to you. Uh, I'm not turning back. I want to serve you. And this this this, this is my, my story. This is my journey. And I've been serving Jesus, what, 20... Uh, almost 30 years now uh, since that encounter. Praise God. You know, and that's what we talk about as it relates to the Holy Spirit of God convicting one of where they are and where they need to be and and you surrendering and and your testimony of sharing the fact and shoe leather from the lips uh, from inside the heart that uh, as it relates to the book you wrote and then as it relates to what you shared, as it relates to keeping your eyes on the Lord, as it relates to marriage, relationship. And then all of a sudden, you know, 
you're talking about as you did as it relates to your parents when you were young and then your relationship with your dad and then the surprise I'm sure that your dad had, but at the same time, you surrendered to the Lord and and turned your life over to him, and as a result, he's moving you forward. Listeners, we're going to take a break, and when we return, we're going to continue with our beloved Sam, but we're going to sojourn in the music world, in the songs you're hearing playing, our, our beloved brother, and of course, as we head toward that topic, he'll be able to share what they are, what they mean, and why he wrote them, but at the same time, just take a moment and sit back and grab your tea, milk, coffee, orange juice, whatever time zone you happen to be in, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and listen to our beloved brother Sam. We'll be back in about five minutes.
Welcome back to Challenges of Faith radio program with our guest, gospel singer, author, and songwriter, Sam Opechek. Brother Sam, you've been very, very busy, and God has been blessing you and opening doors for his glory. Before we get to your latest song release, would you take the listeners to your previous albums and why you wrote each one? Okay, hi, Gary. Um, yes, my, my first album, The Journey, uh, it's titled The Journey, and obviously it, it's an expression um, that I wanted to use to uh, convey my walk with God. Uh, like the encounter that I explained to you I had uh, from singing in nightclubs, you know, to singing in church. Um, so that album basically is, is me telling the story through songs of how I came to Christ, how God has been walking with me. And particularly, um, there's a song, one one of the songs in there called Our Wait. So uh, before um, I I met my wife, you know, I had, you know, um, a very wonderful relationship with God. And he spoke to me specific things about my family, uh, about the children, uh, but, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Gary, uh, that we, we've got someone called the devil, the, the devil, the adversary, who is always seeking to kill, to uh, steal and destroy. Uh, so when we got married, you know, we couldn't have children. Um, uh, and we were waiting for seven years. Uh, and after seven years, God heard our prayers. And, you know, we had our first child. And so, again, you know, I used that, that um, uh, album, The Journey, to express what the faithfulness of God, the mercy of God, you know, o- over my life, over my family. And um, my other album, uh, We Enter In, is based on my revelation of the book of Revelation, <laughs> chapter 4. Um, you know, how, you know, G- God calls us into his presence. You know, where, where we are open to hear his voice and come into a place of intimacy, you know, a place of fellowship and relationship with God, where he pours more and more of himself, you know, onto us. That's right. <clears throat> That's right. And all you just shared really signified what you had previously talked about when, you know, um, with the experience with your uh, father and and uh, then going into a place of worship and uh, surrendering yourself unto the Lord and and the Lord making it clear for your life what you needed to do with and for him. And you had that desire to grow and you took that growth into your relationship with your wife. And and as you just so shared as relates to waiting and he blessed you with a beloved child and, and, and look how he's using your and one of the things that uh, that is key uh, that you're sharing is the fact that writing from the inside, whether it's the music or whether it's the book, you know, and, and I can appreciate that because as an author, a lot of people ask me why I won't uh, uh, talk a lot, and that's because I do a lot of writing and I express it from the inside what's going on in the hopes that that whoever the readers are, uh, that whatever is meant for them is meant for them. And just like in your songs, you know, I, I listen to them and you have that humble spirit and just like in the way in which you're communicating. And I've looked at your interviews and 
And it's the same way you're, you're seeking the best for others while God is using you for him, but at the same time, building you up as well. Amen. Sam, you released on February the 12th, Praise the Lord, and then on March the 26th, Single, Oh Jesus. How did Praise the Lord come about to be written and sung, and why do you feel a strong connection to it? Um, y- yes, uh, I. so uh, as you know, Gary, the, the world in the last you know, year and a half has have been hit with a pandemic that has really, really uh, changed a lot of the way that we live. Uh, so many friends and, you know, family members, uh, for, for so many people, some of our listeners, you know, have died and passed away. Uh, you know, I've been at funerals where, you know, we weren't, we weren't, it was so unusual. Um, and so praise the Lord was, came, came to me, uh, uh, on the 20th of June last year, it was the first day I ventured out of, because we live in Essex in England. Um, mm-hmm. It was the first day I ventured out of Essex into London. And when I, when I got into, I drove into London, um, I was taken aback by how empty the streets are. I don't know if, you, if you've ever been to London, but, you know, it's probably like New York, so full of people. So I was just surprised that the streets were bare. You know, there was hardly anyone. It was so quiet. And I was just pondering and wondering and saying, is this how we're going to live? Is this what life has become? You know, uh, and as all of that thought was going through my mind, all of a sudden, as if, as if people were hearing my inner thoughts, all of a sudden, <laughs> I just saw people come out from different corners, you know, and the strong impression I got is that this is not going to be like, I mean, what, what the pandemic ha, uh, intended for us is not going to be our life for, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for, for the continued future, there is hope. That's right. You know, even though you see so many deaths, there are still people out there. There is hope. And that's when the song, Praise the Lord, just started to grow in my spirit. And I remember just stopping and parking my, my car and, you know, just took out my, my pen and started to write the lyrics. Uh, and that's why it's, it's, I say it's a special song, because of what I was thinking, what was going through my mind at the time that it came. You know, again, it's interesting how God does through his Holy Spirit in that uh, imparting inside of a person so that it comes out. And I'm speaking of compassion because, you know, a lot of people can see things through their eyes that surround them and have no compassion, can be indifferent and cold, whether yeah. it's about a person or people, or just like you're speaking of as it relates to individuals that you've known and I've known who have transitioned over and it's and, and we praise God as it relates to having that compassion at heart because it's like our Savior did. You know, when his friend that he loved, you know, yeah. Lazarus, remember his sisters wanted wanted to know, you know, you could have done this and this and that and he could have, but at the same time, you know, the scripture let us know how that Jesus wept 
you know, we saw his humanity. And that's what, like you're saying, a lot of people need to see as it relates to hope. Because, yeah. you know, we're the light down here on earth that can provide it, and you're doing it with your song. And speaking of your song, what did your son think of your song? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> when I when I got home, and um, uh, obviously I, I wrote it on the highway, but when I got home, I, I sat on the piano, and I was trying to, you know, contextualize it and put it into some kind of arrangement. And he walked in and said, oh, that, that sounds good. Whose song is that? And I said, it's mine. He said, no. I said, why? Why, why, do, you, why do you say no like that? He goes, um, are you sure you, it's yours? I said, yes. He said, oh, it sounds like one of those Matt Redmond's songs. It sounds, like, um, it sounds so familiar, like a song that's already been released. And I said, well, son, I, I got it today, and this is what, what happened when I, what was go- happening at the time I got it. You know, so n- right now I'm just trying to do some arrangement. And he goes, Dad, you know what? I think this is a special song. I think God has given you a special song. Uh, and when he said that, uh, I started to feel in myself that mm, this boy could be correct because uh, uh, the more we sang the song even before I released it for about six months. We, we worshiped with the song at home. You know, it became a song that uh, we could all connect with at home. We used it for um, our devotion, uh, both in the morning and at night. And everybody, you know, felt some kind of connection, you know, because all we've been hearing is uh, death, death, sickness here and there. And this song is saying, praise the Lord. You know, God is good. There is hope for us. You know, there's a future for us. We're going to come out of this. God has not left us because, you know, the last year, I don't know about you, Gary, but sometimes the last year you just feel people ask questions. Where is God? Has God left the planet? Has God left us to our devices? God hasn't left us. His loving kindness will never, ever leave us. You know, and that's that's why this is a, a special song, not just for me, but also for my family. That's right. And just so, like you shared, you know, think about it. You wrote it from inside, and and you know where you wrote it, Ed, and and you had a strong connection, and then God utilized your son to let you know uh, of, of what he thought about it and made it a double connection. Then it translated into the whole family so that, therefore, when you were finally able to come out and share with the public, then they were able to experience it as well, irrespective of what was going on, because like you just shared, a lot of times, you know, and again, that's how the adversary works, or he uses two-legged individuals who are walking around all pessimistic, trying to make sure that everybody else is not hopeful. What you're doing is letting it be known that, you know, it doesn't make a difference whether it's raining outside. Today is 1,000% chance of sunshine, and I'm going to show you that through the singing of the song that the Lord has laid upon your heart and mind to share. Brother Sam, what widely respected and legendary producer worked with you on this song? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, his name's Gods. Uh, um, yeah, he, he likes to be called Gods. Gods, um, uh, I've actually known him a long time, uh, but he, he is well-respected in the UK uh, gospel uh, and he produces for Integrity Music. Um, you know, he's, he's of the same class as 
uh, Kevin Bond. Um, so mm-hmm. I was quite it was quite a privilege to you know get together with him again uh, and work on this project. <clears throat> so what was funny? <clears throat> I, I saw his interview. What was funny, and uh, but it's real. Uh, <laughs> he was asked, you know, what took so long, <clears throat> and you made sure you interjected, uh, which, which was <laughs> funny because you know he's expensive, and you know, yeah. and just think about it. You know, God is. Uh, I was doing a relational program um, on uh, a Friday. And um, and uh, sharing with the listeners that, you know, when you go to God as a believer, you know, don't be bashful or ashamed. Go to him, ask him for the best, the very best for you. And that's the same thing uh, as relates to yourself. And God gave you the very best for you for his work so that others can have the best. Brother Sam, your last single, Yes, Lord, Yes, was ranked five stars by fans on Facebook Music and ranked number 58 on the YouTube Top 100 Nigerian Songs Chart. As a multiple award winner, you have successfully toured the UK, Europe, and performed at the renowned London Festival of Life events at the Excel. Sam, you have had the privilege, and God continues to receive the glory, but you've had the privilege of performing alongside a lot of individuals. Your vocal texture has been compared to Seal, Ron Cannoli, and Donnie McClurkin, yet unique. Why did you write, Oh, Jesus? Um, so, yeah, G- Gary, I was, um, you know, I was asking God to give me a song that helps me to express his beauty, the beauty of Jesus the wonder of Jesus, the, the, that matchless name of Jesus, uh, you know, a song that would just help me express that. And that's when, oh, Jesus came. Uh, because I don't know about you, when I look at um, who Jesus is, uh, his godness, uh, his divinity, mm-hmm. yet he brought himself to become man, you know, just that's for right. me. What, what wonder, what beauty, what love, what selflessness. You know, he paid the price on the cross that I, so that I would not, never have to pay it. Um, you know, he took, he took the keys to the, to the gates of hell and opened up my destiny where it was locked up. So I was looking for a song that just helps me when I sing it. I, I can see his beauty. I can see his wonder. I can see his, his marvelous nature. Uh, and that's why the song is called, Oh Jesus. Because when I, when I just think about Jesus, I'm like, Oh Jesus, who, you are so beautiful, so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful because, yeah, you know, especially um, knowing him and having him in your life and knowing where you're going. You know, I was reminded when you were sharing that, where yeah. there was this guy who it was cold, it was winter time, and there were some birds outside, and they were freezing to death. And he was looking outside his window, and he had mm. that care and concern for them. And he thought to himself, you know, he wanted to bring them on the inside of his home so that they wouldn't freeze to death, so that mm. they would live. And he kept thinking, well, how could he do that? 
And so he said, well, the only way he could do it was to become like a bird and speak to them in their own language and bring mm. them in. Well, unfortunately, that man couldn't do it, but, but our Savior wow. could, and that's what you were sharing. And I'm thankful as well to be heaven-bound because of that, not doing anything myself, but because of just simply surrendering and, and acknowledging who I am before him, a sinner in need of a Savior, and thankful that I accept him into my life, so that therefore, not only I, that whoever he lead me to, so that I could open my lips and share with them what he's done for me and what he can do for them if one wants him to. Brother Sam, you recently concluded a very successful tour of the UK, Europe, Nigeria, with several sold-out concerts in Germany at the Afro-Gospel Festival and at the Connection Convention in Rokal, Poland. Who did you have the privilege of ministering alongside of? Yeah, um, in in Germany, I, I had an awesome privilege of being with um, uh, my friend Folari. Um, he's uh, well established in Germany and the Afro Gospel Choir. Uh, you know, G- Germany was was a humbling experience for me. Uh, it was the first time, you know, I I had performed uh, or ministered at, um, you know. Uh, an, a sold-out event like that, and you know, G- Germany has its history. Uh, and one of the things that struck me was, uh, as as I as we the, the concert opened, and the lights came on, you know, I saw I saw this, you know, heads heads of people, just 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 people I couldn't count, and I'm like. Jesus, how did you bring me here? How did I get here? You know, it was such a humbling experience. And the Afro Gospel Choir, amazing, amazing, you know, uh, band that I had the privilege of, of, you know, standing along with. And in Poland, um, you know, I had some guys that came, came established bands from, from Brazil, um, you know, and we, we had a great time uh, uh, at the Connection uh, Festival in Poland. Um, I've, I've, the Festival of Life uh, event in the, the UK is one of the largest um, Pentecostal events in, in, the, in the UK uh, Christian calendar. And um, uh, Donnie McClocken, I have had the privilege of, you know, well, she, be, being, being behind him when, when he's come. Um, I've had the, the privilege of, you know, standing along the likes of Nathaniel Bassey, uh, Sonny Badu and a few others. Um, so you know, God, God has been faithful. God has been faithful. That's right, and that's what you've been sharing when you open up today's interview and throughout the interview. The faithfulness of God. Where can Oh Jesus Praise the Lord and all of your songs be purchased at? And did you have a favorite album or song? <laughs> um. They're all available on Spotify, all my songs available on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon, uh, Deezer, and every other online store. Um, there's a song, funny enough, Gary, my, my last daughter, she's nine years old. She, last week she was asking me this same question. She said, Daddy, which is your favorite song? 
And, you know, I usually don't have to think about it because there's a song in my first album, uh, The Journey, and the song is titled The Truth. Uh, that, that remains my favorite song. So every time I listen to that song, you know, I just want to crumble on my knees and just worship Jesus and say, I'm so grateful to you uh, for making me who I am. Um, so that song is, is called Truth. And it's, for now, it, it remains my, my number one. <laughs> Praise God. So just think how God used your son and your daughter, you know, to pose some very in-depth questions to their beloved father. <laughs> you were able to answer, bring them into the fellowship of your heart and mind so that, therefore, as they grow and become the woman and man of God, that whatever plans they have for their life, and they can remember the powerful yeah. conversations that they had with their beloved father as well as their beloved mom. Brother Sam, is the cross still very central to who you are and why? Mm, that, that's, um, that's a good question, Gary. Uh, the answer is yes. Um, and the reason is because, you see, like, um, uh, like a lot of people, my conversion to, to Christianity, to becoming a child of God, uh, is something that I can never forget. Um, you know, I, I know deep down inside of me that if I had continued to that nightclub, um, I may have become a very popular, successful, circular artist, but my soul would forever have been lost. Um, so when I, when I remember how the cross, it was the cross, it was his death on the cross that made it possible for me to have access to the Father, uh, that makes it possible for me to, um, you know, become who I am. Because in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. If you took Jesus away from the equation of my life, I am nothing. You know, my, my life started on the right trajectory when I came to Jesus. I know that. Nobody needs to tell me that. So this is why the cross has to remain central for me. It's got to remain, you know, a focal point um, because I also know that the devil, the advers my adversary, uh, is always seeking for, 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 to devour for whom he may devour. Uh, but my covering is in the cross. My victory is in the cross. And because of that, I have to keep the cross at the center of my, of my life, you know, and ultimately... Ultimately, like the Bible says, what will it profit a man if he gains the world and loses his soul? Um, after all said and done, I want to be with Jesus in eternity. I want, I want to sing. I want to be at his feet and, you know, sing all day long and, and, and just have the fellowship of the brethren in our new self, in the, clothed in his, in, his, in his image and in his garment. And I know that keeping my eyes on the cross is the only key that will get me there. So, yes, the cross is still central. Praise God. You know, and it goes back to what you were sharing as it relates to 
the blessings that God allowed you to be at while traveling and singing the places that he's allowed you to sing. And we'll continue to have you out there. Because a lot of people, as you know, when they think of heaven, uh, they just look at look in the mirror and think that they're the only ones that's going to be there on the planet. And they forget that God's created everybody and whosoever has it to the sun, irrespective of where they live at around the globe, they're going to be there with you. And then yeah. as you were sharing, as it relates to the centrality of making sure that he's your all in all and keeping your eyes, and I was reminded of, you know, if you think about Judas, even Judas had a chance to turn around if he wanted to. God gave him to yeah. his son an yeah. opportunity to do so, even though he had sold out for money. And then you had Pilate, you know, that political guy who, you know, even he had a chance. He didn't get it. And then you had the, the two thieves on the cross. At least one of them got it. And that's what you're sharing. You got it. You got the message. And, again, God is using you, whether it's through him allowing you to speak to congregations or allowing you to speak to many through your your voice of song and to others through your books and so forth, you know, just keep keeping essential in your life. Brother Sam, yeah. many final words for our listeners. Yeah, thank you, Gary. Um, I think what I'll say is that God wants us to live a life of praise. So that throughout our challenges in life, because there are, there are challenges in life. Now, you see, I, I'm reminded Jesus spoke a parable in uh, Matthew, uh, I believe it's chapter 7. And he said, um, uh, you know, whoever listens to my word and obeys it will be like a, a house, will be like a wise man who built a house on the rock. When the rains, when the rains came or when they come, the storms you know, they beat on the house, Jesus says, but the house is standing. And then he says that there's this other house that, that is built, but it's built on sand. The same conditions, the same rain, the same storm comes, but it beats it down, you know, because it's not built on, on, on the, the rock. So I believe that, you know, for, for everyone listening, God wants us to live a life of praise so that throughout our challenges, uh, we never lose sight and confession of his faithfulness. You see, the fact that you and I are going through challenging time doesn't mean that God has stopped being faithful. God is still faithful. Um, God has got your back, you know, no matter what it is you're going through. So, and, and his faithfulness would always come true for us. So I, I just want people to to know that, you see, God is not scared about our imperfections. Um, God is not worried about the questions we have in our head. He just wants us to know that we are loved. He just wants us to know that, you know, he cares for us, even in our trying times. You know, so I'll say, I'll say to everyone listening, just remain faithful. Be faithful to God. Remain faithful to his cause. Because when you do, then you are you become focused uh, in what you're doing. And I have found that when you become focused, you know, you start to see your life flourish. When you focus on God, when you focus on his praises, when you focus on his faithfulness, when you focus on his loving kindness, you start to see things flourishing uh, uh, for you. And then you get this sense, 
you know, huge sense of fulfillment, which is what the Bible calls joy, uh, even in the midst of all of the troubles going on around us. So I, I, I want to say to our listeners, just live a life of praise to God in everything that you're going through, and he will come true for you. Amen. Amen and amen. Brother Sam, thank you for coming on Challenges of Faith Radio program and sharing your powerful sojourn. May our loving and merciful God continue to bless the people through your songs and books and testimony. And may you and your total family continue to be blessed by him. Amen. Amen. Listeners, regarding Brother Sam's book, listen to what two persons said who gave it a five stars, a lady and a guy. You know, and that's important. What a fantastic book. I've read this book, and I think it is a must-read for all singles and married people. It teaches and emphasizes the need to be complete as an individual, singleness. This book exposes singleness in a different light. It's stressed that a healthy marriage life can only be achieved if the two individuals who come together to tie the knot are whole, not half. This way, none would feel inferior to the other, so there will be no unhealthy competition. Also, there will be no unreasonable expectations of one another. Don't get married until you're single, what my brother Sam has been talking about. And then another person has said, a lady, giving it five out of five, great to read before marriage, a very thought-provoking book to make you examine yourself deeply before you make any decisions to marry. And again, as I continue to say, you know, 99 men or women may pass you by, but you don't have to go through 99 just to find that one. And that's what our beloved brother is talking about in his message as it relates to being single, staying single until it's time to marry. And then when you do, make sure that the one that you're walking with and is walking with you is of the Lord. Brother Sam, come back any so time God so leads and give us an update on what he's continuing to do in your life. Know that you're loved in him. Thank you so much, Gary. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much. It's an honor as well, my brother, of the household of faith.
Jesus.